We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome, my friends, to the Texas Power Hour with Pastor Carolyn Sism and friends. This radio show is an outreach ministry of Eastgate Ministries in Katy, Texas. Experience the power, experience the glory with Pastor Carolyn Sism. Check out her website at www.eastgateministries.com. Love uh, will always speak the truth. 
Love will always be the truth. And in the end, you will appreciate those as hard as it is to swallow who will speak truth into your life. Because love will always be faithful to the truth. To love God is to love his truth and cherish it in our hearts. Because of the shortness of this letter, I took the luxury, and it is the luxury, of using both the Passion Translation and the New King James Version of Scriptures. And when I say it's a luxury, because it's time-consuming, and you have to make a message fit within a 45-minute to an hour time, and if you're covering a whole chapter, then you have to present that message as direct as you can with as few words as possible. Sometimes we get off in lots of words, but it's good to preach in as few words as possible. Second John, this is New King James, verses 1 through 3. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all those who have known the truth. Because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever, grace, mercy, and peace will be to you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. This is the only time in Scripture the expression the Son of the Father is used. I checked it out. <laughs> Jesus is described in the Gospel of John as the only begotten Son, and he is described in other places as the Son. This is the only place where the exact words, <coughs> excuse me, the son of the father is used. John has a specific reason for doing that because of what he is battling against. The incarnation of God as man <coughs> is the very foundation of Christianity and the purpose of John writing this letter. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ, that God was born of a woman, and, and is the Son of the Father, the Son of God, then you have missed Christianity. Yes. So, this is a hard letter. I'm going to read it to you for the Passion Translation now. From the elder to God's chosen woman and her children. I love you all as though you who oh, excuse me. I love you all as those who are in the truth. And I'm not the only one. For all who come to know the truth share my love for you. Because of the living truth that has a permanent home in us and will be with us forever. God our Father and Jesus Christ, his son, were released to us overflowing overflowing grace, mercy, and peace filled with true love. We can stop right here and camp on that. Soak in this verse for days until our soul, spirit, and body is permeated in this truth and revelation of God's overflowing grace, mercy, and peace filled with true love. Just sit and soak in that. And let that flow into you. Let the word of God, the anointed word of God, the living truth, the living word of God flow into you. 
the overflowing grace, mercy, and peace filled with true love of God, that it soak into your very being to where the word becomes part of who you are. Do we know how to love? I ask myself that question many times. Or do I know how to love? Truly, love is indefinable for me. I've written at least 20 sermons on love, maybe more, maybe 25. I hadn't counted them, but I'm trying to get them all together. Kind of put my things together. And more books have been written about love than we can count. Yet the subtle and simple purity of love escapes most people. The Lord showed me a vision of a book, and I've shared this with you before, but it's applicable again. But many years ago, it was about the time God called me into full-time ministry, so probably 30 years ago. And I had a vision, and I saw the book. It was in with the had a black ground and black, and the letters were written. Faith is a fact was written in bright red. Hope is a certainty in bright yellow, and love is a reality in bright blue against the black cover. And it was written by Carolyn Susan on the front of the book. So, someplace in my inner being. I have discovered the key of the reality of love. Somewhere in there. Or that book wouldn't have appeared in the spirit. See, the, the book that God writes comes out of heaven. So this was a vision that I had of a book in heaven that I haven't written yet. Because I haven't figured out how to write it. Yeah, I wrote some messages on it, but... Yeah, we did. Uh... I never find the words to paint the picture of the reality that love is a reality. I never find the words. I search for them inside myself, but I cannot find them. Perhaps within me is a writer yet to emerge who will find and write the words to describe the indescribable. Perhaps we can only live love and never be able to express it in words. Perhaps there are no words to express love. Come on in. Uh, John said, keeping the commandments of the New Testament is proof of genuine love. In verse 6. Now that's interesting. Proof of genuine love of God is keeping the commandments of the New Testament. What are the commandments of the New Testament? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. First um, Corinthians 13, 1-7. If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages, and this is uh, passion translation, and in the heavenly tongues of angels, oh, gracious, there's a heavenly tongue of angels. That means angels are singing in tongues all the time, and that angels talk to us in tongues. There are angel tongues. Yet I didn't express myself in love. My words would re be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. If I were to have the gift of prophecy, 
with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets. And if I possess unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. If I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is patient. Love is kind to all. It is not jealous. Do not tell me you love someone and you got a jealous and you're jealous. Because love is not jealous. Mm -hmm. Amen. Love does not envy. Love wants you blessed. I want you blessed. I don't want what you have. That's right. I want you blessed with more. Mm -hmm. Love does not boast. I was watching a show, I guess it was Sunday night when they were talking about humble boasting. <laughs> humble boasting that's where you talk about uh, how humble you are and, and you're complaining about it I mean that you're talking about a blessing that you have but you're complaining about it I just threw that in there <laughs> well I'll just go ahead and use the example it was on TV it was a regular show and this guy says you do humble boasting uh, you said your size 2 bikini was loose on you <laughs> so love does not boast even humbly that's right yeah humble boasting love does not act rudely and I can just tell you some of you Pentecostal cultures out there y'all got a lot to learn about manners <laughs> about being rude to people you don't walk up to people and tell them what you think about them just because you've got a gift of discerning of spirits. Amen. That's rude. Yes. Love does not seek its own. Now, I have to do what God's called me to do. I've got to, I've got to continue every day staying focused on what God has called me to do and get about it. But I'm not getting about anything that Carolicism has in mind to do. I'm getting about what Jesus has in mind to do. I'm not seeking my own. Amen. We don't mean it. We don't look for the ministry of hell and sizzle. Amen. I'm looking for the ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I don't believe in putting your name on your ministry either. Amen. If you, if, you, if, you, if, you got, if God gives you a ministry, God gave it to you, put his name on it. Yes. Every person I have ever seen who put their name on their ministry, I have seen it fall. Mm -hmm. Love is not provoked. Now that's one that for pastors. Because mm -hmm. because devil will try his best to provoke you. You're going to have to be strong to not allow Satan to provoke you. He will work hard at it. And he uses people that you love. And thinks no evil. Boy, do we have a lot to learn about thinking evil about people. Hmm. Yes. Uh, but that gets, we think somebody's against us or somebody's out to get us. And they're not even thinking about me. That's right. <laughs> they got other things on their mind. They're not thinking about me. Don't even really care that much about me. Does not rejoice in iniquity. Rejoices in the truth. 
Love bears all, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things, and love never fails. Okay, so when we're talking about failure and success of life, if we have learned to love, we will never fail. If we have learned to love. My love cannot be contingent as a pastor on the measure of love someone has for me or what someone thinks of me. But see, I've already said I'm not seeking my own. I'm seeking Jesus Christ, what his assignment is on the earth for the church right now. Mm -hmm. What is God's kingdom assignment on the earth for the church? Anything else I'm seeking because I have been assigned and with as a voice that God has put on the earth at this time to speak God's word. So anything else that I promote I, or, or anything that has to be me, about me, I would be seeking my own. I got one job to do, and that is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We are designed to love unconditionally. Does that mean that we allow the people to worry about whether I'll still be preaching or not preaching or what's going to happen to this church or not going to happen to this church or who's going to take care of me when I get home? Those things don't enter your mind mm -hmm. because you're filled with an overflowing love and peace and contentment. And you know, you know that God has already made plans to take care of you. I must be a faithful teacher and address the controversial salutation of the elder to the elect lady and her children. <laughs> Since the interpretation is controversial, I choose to teach my own persuasion. I do that. Whenever I run into something that has ten different opinions on it, then I just pre-teach what I think. Because I figure what I think is just what anybody else thinks. <laughs> okay, so this reads to the chosen lady, a lady chosen by God, to the elect, and the elect is Kyra, K-Y-R-I-A, which means lady. Kyra is the Greek equivalent of Martha. I am persuaded. Now, you just go ahead. When I say I am persuaded about something, that means you can have any persuasion you want. We'll still be friends. <laughs> I am persuaded the word of children means the members of her church. That's what I think. Because I look the word up and it and it's not, it does mean son and 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 child, but it also has a, a, a long beating and I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. Y'all can look it up. And all those who know the truth agree with John. I said all those who know the truth agree with John. That's what he said. And they love the local church. John is speaking to a church body. And this whole address to the church of any century is of surpassing beauty. Verses 4 through 6. New King James Version. Those of you who came in after I started, I'm using both Passion and New King James Version today because of the shortness of this letter. I rejoice greatly 
that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we receive commandment from the Father. And now I plead with you, lady, to a woman, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but see, if you are <coughs> hell-bent and so set in your mind that God would not put a woman pastor over a church, you would never be able to interpret this as a woman. Although it says lady. Not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have from the beginning that we love one another. This is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment as you have heard from the beginning. You should walk in it. Passion Translation. I was delighted and filled with joy when I learned that your children are consistently living in the truth. Just as we have received the command from the Father, dearest woman, I have a request to make of you. It is not a new commandment, but a repetition of the one we have had from the beginning. See, the people who don't believe that he is writing this to a woman believes the woman stands for the church. Well, I'm good with that the church down through the ages. But I believe that he was writing to a, a specific woman because it's so specific. Yeah. If not a new commandment, but a repetition of the one we have had from the beginning, that we constantly love one another. This love means living in obedience to whatever God commands us. For to walk in love toward one another is the unifying commandment we've heard from the beginning. Unifying commandment. This is what I preached and prophesied last night to our nation over the radio. Yes, that all races, we are commanded by God, all races and nationalities, male and female, that we are commanded. I said, we are commanded by God as Christians. Under, under one head, Jesus Christ, to come into unifying love. That is a command of God. Yes. And if we're operating outside that command, under our own initiative, then we're operating outside the law of love. It says, just as you heard from the beginning, love should be the rule of life. Seducing spirits and deceivers deny the incarnation. Today they are denying the bodily, fleshly resurrection, resurrection of Jesus as well as the incarnation. So he's coming down hard on this. So it's getting ready to get tough here. <laughs> Many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. Say many... This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we work for, but that we may receive a full reward. And I'm going to Passion Translation. Numerous deceivers have surfaced from among us and gone out into the world. People who will not acknowledge Jesus Christ coming as a man, 
These deceivers are antichrist. Be on your guard so that you do not lose all that we have diligently worked for, but receive a full reward. It's hard work. Mm -hmm. In our study of heaven, from the book My Time in Heaven, Richard Sigmund describes a rewards department in heaven. God took him there. This is, he said, this is his words. This is where records are kept of the rewards that we do not receive on earth for some reason or another. An example would be the reward for giving to others or giving to the Lord. Because of the love and compassion we have in our hearts, we give to the greater need. And what we give here, we will receive back in heaven. This is still sick, uh, Brother Sigmund. I believe that the good things you make happen to others on earth will happen to you in heaven. In this one building, and he was describing a building that he was in. In this one room where the intentions of God for the works of one man and how God was going to bless him. The building reflected the fact that God <laughs> desires to bless us even more than we desire to receive from him. Now we all have our lips that we present to God. I, I just quit it. Mm -hmm. I just thank, my goodness, I just, I just thank you for everything. My goodness, I, you know, my age, I got a home, I live alone, I have my health. I have enough money to pay my bills. I have enough money to take care of the church. Uh, my children are healthy and doing well. And God has blessed them. Well, I can't, I, I shouldn't be, I, I don't have any need to present God a laundry list. I pray for you. I pray that whatever area in your life that you need, if you need healing or if you need finances. But all of my prayers to God are like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless your people, God. Last night when I was preaching to that group and, and you know, that lady was mad that was before me and angry, I said, I live in Houston, Texas. If you want a job, you can get one. If you want to go to work, there's a job here for you. And you can get a job. And we have hospitals. And you can go in and be taken care of. I am living in a blessed life. And I cannot be angry uh, because someone doesn't want to work. Kind of sort of said that. <laughs> Give or take a few words. <laughs> so there's a, re there's a rewards department in heaven. So that, that you oh. signal broke. Okay. Broke the signal. Twice. <laughs> Christians are warned to meet required conditions for blessing in order not to lose rewards. 1 Corinthians 3, 14 through 15. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. 
that he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. This is serious business, people. We just don't get up here and play. This, I'm not, this is not playing. This is not in a playpen playing around. Bringing a Jesus party together. This is serious business of preaching and proclaiming and declaring what God says. John says anyone who sins and does not remain in the truth does not have God. That's what John said. And like I told you when I started, there are places in the Bible where I love to preach. But when I, but if God called me to preach the Bible, I'm not going to play loogies with this. Where I just go in and, and teach what I choose. I'm just telling you what John says in 2 John. This is what he says. This is what the Bible says. I didn't write. He says, anyone who sins and does not remain in the truth does not have God. That's what John says. He who does not sin and who remains in the truth has both the Father and the Son. This warns of the possibility of backsliding, losing rewards, as well as losing God and Christ. Now, I didn't write this. John is saying love of God is a safeguard against error. If we come into the place where we are walking in the total love of God, where we are allowing him to let his love go into us and overflow out of us with mercy and peace and goodness, his love, not my carnal, needy love, but the love of God. Now, as a pastor... When I pray for you, I do not pray for you out of my carnal love for you. I pray for you, Lord Jesus, give me your heart to Pastor Jenny. Give me your love for Jenny. That way I'm not operating out of my carnality. Lord, give me your love for Simon. Help me to operate out of your love for Anne, Ursula, Diane, Sandra, Joanne. Because see, my carnal love is pretty sick. <coughs> if I operated in that realm, well, in carnal love, there's offense. Kick your feelings hard. Uh, somebody was mean to me today. Somebody said something silly today. Or, you know, that person should know better than that. I call them better. I used to have that attitude. God delivered me, thank goodness. I don't care what you've been taught. Just do. Do the best you can and I'll let Jesus' love is still there. Okay. New King James Version. I'm doing okay here. I told y'all this is a tough chapter. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. See, some preachers, if you're not committed to preaching every word the Bible says, um, then you don't preach this. 
You skip over this shit first. <laughs> he who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and that does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Now they didn't take this out of the Bible when they put it together. Passion translation. Anyone who wanders away and does not remain faithful to the teaching of Christ has no relationship with God. But those who remain in the teaching of Christ have a wonderful relationship with both the Father and the Son. So if anyone comes into your fellowship claiming to be a true believer, yet doesn't bring this teaching, you are not to consider him as a fellow believer, nor should you welcome him into your homes. For if you welcome him as a believer, you will be partnering with him in his evil. Hospitality was a cultural virtue. I'm not going to try to water it down. Then as it is now. now next week we're going to be studying in 3rd John about our mandate for the church to have hospitality to itinerant ministers, missionaries, and those who travel. I've been criticized before by people who have never read 3rd John um, that they really don't want to sit, they don't want to come to a meeting when I'm a missionary. And they don't want to come to a meeting uh, when I have people who aren't prophets. I think I'm going to ask straight words. Nobody wants to come to hear a missionary. I mean, this is words that have come out of people's mouth to me. Nobody wants to come just to hear, just to hear someone preach. We want the gifts. Because mm -hmm. when we get into the third John, it's a mandate on the church. I read the Bible. Okay. This is a hard scripture. For those of us who are evangelical and those of us with the gift of mercy and always extending Christ to the lost. But this is not about the lost. It, it will require wisdom and grace as well as mercy to walk circumspect with this word. We're called to walk circumspect with the word of God. He is not speaking about the lost. He's speaking to false teachers, not the lost. I told you I was at a church. This is a church in Houston, Texas. Had they had a banquet. And I went in this church and I sat down at the banquet. And the Lord God said to me, they're preaching another Jesus. Okay, I told you this was. Dennis J. Deck, this is what he says. If any man poses as an apostle or Christian teacher and does not teach the true doctrine of Christ, the incarnation, the death, burial, and bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do not receive him or give him entertainment in your home. 
Do not even bid him Godspeed. If you do, you are a protector of his evil deeds and will be punished with him for the silence there. We live in a culture that promotes ideas, like the Berean church. Uh, new ideas are giving a place for people to have a platform to bring forth their new ideas. There is but one Christian gospel. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. He is the Son of God. He lived and he brought forth the gospel of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross and he was raised from the dead and he lives eternally at the right hand of God the Father. Someone recently said that abortion was godless. Yeah. Okay, now see that's uh, you don't even let that person in your house. No. Bible says you don't let that person in your house. Well, what about evangelizing the laws, Carolyn? That's a different. That's not what he's talking about here. Okay. <coughs> Lord Jesus, I ask you to preach this. John punched home the truth that the love of the fellowship cannot be extended to those who oppose Jesus Christ. That's what he said. John was not making a ministerial judgment. Those in the fellowship abide in the doctrine of Messiah and have both the Father and the Son. Powerful truths surround these verses. You and I both know that there are people who go to large churches and rich churches because of the social interaction and rubbing el uh, elbows and shoulders with the wealthy. That's their motive for going to church because it's a social good thing for them to do socially. But it goes beyond being condemned by what one could condone. I'll say that again. The scripture goes beyond being condemned by what one condones. To enter in with those presenting another Jesus would be to lose all the disciples had worked for and fail to receive at their full reward. A full reward. And they want to have the church. But we have found out by our study of heaven, there's a reward room waiting for you in heaven. I'd just be glad to make it. <laughs> I'd just be like, hallelujah, I'm here. <laughs> you see, because I have more accountability than you do. Because I'm a preacher of the gospel. Because he has given me a flaw. And I'm going to be held accountable for that. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why I go beforehand and I say, God, you show me how to do this. You show me, Lord. Because I don't want to do anything out of this head of mine. To greet someone with this order will bring down the, the judgment God has reserved for them on oneself. To share in his evil deeds is as simple as inviting them to enter one's home. 
Many deceivers have been invited through mass media into the homes of countless families, and without one leap of protest, are allowed to continue preaching error and false doctrine. Uh, as I have been studying Martin Luther King's writings, as I mentioned earlier, because I would pass to speak on them from the Christian point of view. So I began to read his writings, and like I said earlier, which I had never done. Uh, mind you, during his time, I was in my early 30s, and, and um, these things weren't that much on my mind, except we were in a terrible civil battle in our nation. The president had been shot, brother had been shot, Martin Luther King had been shot. And, but, so I went back because I was asked to speak on this, and I read his writings. And all of his writings are about peace, love, unity, and to be, love your enemies, do good to those who despitefully use you, speak all manner of evil against you. And he called forth for the liberty that God has placed upon all people of the United States to be for all people of the United States, and God chose him to lead that march. Okay, so when this black liberation movement comes forth, mm -hmm. it's not in agreement mm -hmm. with what Martin Luther King mm -hmm. preached. Because it's a, it's a doctrine <coughs> in churches of violence and hatred. liberated the blacks. He did it through the blood of one man. Because he stood in front of the Lincoln Memorial and he declared that all men are created equal. And that all men should be created equal. And that all men should be able to live a life free of being segregated and separated out that we should all be able to go to church together. We should all be able to ride on the same bus together. We should all be able to drink from the same water fountain. So God used that man to liberate this nation. Any other liberation is a false doctrine. Oh God, help me Jesus. Many deceivers have been invited through mass media into the homes of countless families and without one leap of protest are allowed to continue preaching error and false doctrine. How many have approved through offerings and philanthropic support, thus engendering whole movements and waves of these spiritual clones across the world? John said there were many. Second John 12, 13. Having many things to write you, I do not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. The children of your elect sister greet you. And that would actually be her sister. That's what it says. The children of your elect sister. That means she had a godly sister who was with John where he was. 
Passion Translation. Although I have many more subjects I'd like to discuss with you, I'd rather not include them in this letter. But I look forward to coming to visit and speaking with you face to face, for being together will complete our joy. The children of your sister, whom God has chosen, send you their loving greetings. Amen. As all of you know, when our brothers and sisters in the Lord come to see us and we have all races come in, have you noticed? Eastgate has all races come in and minister, nationalities. When they come in and they come in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, they come to visit us. It's a time of great joy. You know, I always say when I am inviting them up to the pulpit that they have been sent to us as a gift from God because of the Christ that they're carrying and that we are to receive the gift with great joy that God is sent to us, not only with each other in the body of Christ, but when God sends in ministers. Do you think they just come here because we're uh, pretty? Yeah. <laughs> no, they come here because the Spirit of God brings them here. Amen. And we should receive them with great joy. Whether they're missionaries, prophets, Apostles, evangelists, healers, deliverers, they come if they have been anointed and appointed. Now there is a lot of envy and jealousy among some people in the body of Christ that the whole body of Christ should be just like the evangelists and prophets and pastors and teachers that God has appointed to the pulpit. Well, if God appointed you to a pulpit, you would be doing it, and he would be paying your way. Mm -hmm. That's true. So that is a sin that you need to repent right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amen. Thank you. God bless. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen.